split this track again, y'all. Welcome into another edition of Denver Nuggets Daily. I am your host, TJ McBride, sitting to my right as always. Introduce yourself. What is going on, everyone listening to this podcast? This is Anilo Piro representing My Eyes Sports, locking down all things Denver Nuggets alongside my partner in crime, TJ McBride, Dev Johnson, King of Thornton, Jeff Morton, Brendan Vote, Matt Smith, the whole crew over here at My Eyes Sports. In addition, do some um, fun stuff for the Rockies over here as well. But a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I am Anilo Piro. I got to start with something that is just not cool and something that makes me just want I'm gonna to pull throw it up for you. things across the room. I did not know yeah. this. Well, that's why I, I, what the hell is going on with Lonzo in New York? I need you to explain this to me and I, hopefully I don't leave in the I, middle of this podcast already. Ah! Oh, no. Does it? <laughs> no. Well, you should have seen Will you video? explain what we're looking so, at to uh, the so, people? And, and here, real quick before this blows up. I don't understand how this wasn't a bigger deal because I didn't hear about it till today. And this was obviously something from last night. How do I, night. did I not hear about this? Exactly. So Lonzo Ball, and listen, I know we don't want to talk about this man because oh, it's, it's too all late the love of the world. I'm going to kill him. No, this is like, this is just ridiculous. Walks in to Madison Square Garden in New York wearing a sweatshirt with Nas's Illmatic album cover, replacing Nas's face with his own. I, Absolutely uh, uh, disgraceful. I don't. Oh, this is the worst thing possible because he's from LA, first of all. And I'm exactly. from LA. And I backed up. And when Kendrick Lamar at one point said he was the king of New York, and I ripped Kendrick yeah. for it. And I love Kendrick. Like, that's where yeah. I grew up. But. Lonzo Ball so from the Rich Hills of Chino mm-hmm. decides to wear a shirt of Nas's Elmatic, which is a classic, which Lonzo is not, yeah. when he's not even the king of this rookie class. He's not even the king of the Lakers team that he is on. Like, what yeah. is he the king of except for his dad complaining? It's all ridiculous, I, I, I am furiously angry now. Nas needs to drop a, uh, drop a diss track. Oh, he, God. He needs to come oh, out and oh drop a diss God. track. This man has embarrassed him. <laughs> okay. I know this is a basketball podcast about the Nuggets, but I am not stopping talking about no, this. No, let's do Nos it. Nas needs to put out a, a diss track. That would be the highlight of my year. And he could bury that man. Oh, Bear, my could God. Could you imagine, like, all, like, the dudes who are, like, you know, in their 30s now that, like, grew up listening to Nas, who, you know, they're, they're the typical Jordan lovers, you could assume, based off the age group. Yeah. So, and you think with that, they hate Lonzo Ball. So if one of their favorite rappers of all time comes back and puts this 19-year-old into the ground, oh, it would be fantastic. Oh, I need this ESPN to happen. ESPN wouldn't know what to do with themselves. I need this to I need I, I this really to happen. I really think it will. I have, obviously, no confirmation. I'm but about to, like, I, I need to resist tirading on Twitter right just, now. Like, like this you is know absolute- Nas. Like, Nas, you said he's a classic <sighs> artist, one of the best OGs at this stuff. You really think he's going to sit around and let a 19-year-old disrespect him like that? I'm not going to lie. Seeing that picture made me feel like there were needles piercing individual parts it's of my eyeball. Absurd. That was, like, I, I, I Just put it away. Nope, nope. All right, we're moving on. I can't, I... Ugh, absolutely disgraceful. Right, what so a Lonzo, scrub. Yeah, I'm gonna go with disgraceful as well. That's a good term for this. Michael situation. Rappaport ripped him on Twitter, like yeah. screaming at him. He's like, "Oh, thinking of oh, Michael I, Rappaport, did you see the Lamelo Ball I Michael did. Rappaport yeah, I did. That was so funny. You ugly. Oh my gosh. But then again, what? Why is like 65 year old looking Michael Rappaport yeah. talking crap about a 16 year old high school player? Because he's a New Yorker. Oh no, he's that's a, not the reason. Oh, that's like on. that is like you need to find something well, else to go. Well, bash. no. The, well, the Rappaport. Well, that was actually tied into the Lonzo thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's so fine. That was Rappaport just I going off. Of I think it was more stemming from that, but no, I agree. You with don't it. go after 16 it's, year old man. You an old ass man. Like, no, no, it, no, 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 it, it is no. ridiculous, though. It, but again, it's the egotistical maniacs of this world that make it go around. What a 2017. Uh, serious. <sighs> so, it, man, this is the last month. 
Thank God, man. Do you remember the end of 2016? Like how yeah. everybody kind of was like, thank God. 2016, yes. it was so bad. And then we got 2017. Like, New Year's Eve, like, you felt like a noticeable change, <laughs> like, uh, in the air. You were like, it was oh. like when the record stops playing, there's that, like, ominous noise when there's just nothing going on yeah, in your man. apartment suddenly. And it's like, why is it silent? 2017 is very strange. But we're moving on. 2018 on the horizon. But what... Uh, I don't know where I was going. Are with we that, talking about the Nuggets? Is that what we're, we're yeah? Supposed let's to do, do that. Here? They lose tonight, one twenty four to one eighteen over the Boston Celtics or to the Boston Celtics. But a fantastic all around effort, considering like we've been talking about in previous podcasts, down to Kola Jokic and Paul Millsap. Effort's the right term here. I mean, they they played relentlessly every single time. The I mean, th- let's not forget the Boston Celtics are without a doubt one of the elite teams in the NBA right now. They're twenty four and six. They're thirteen and two at home. That's the best winning percentage at home in the NBA right now. The Nuggets went into Boston. And they did not have their two best players. And every single time the Celtics felt like they're about to pull away, the Nuggets responded. That resiliency is something that was not within this team last year. This is that maturity that you see. And Michael Malone spoke on that. He said, he was like, this is a growth that we saw on this team tonight. And yes, they lost without a doubt. Like this is the Nuggets did not play good defense. They got sliced up and they lost. But every second they were on the court, there was 100% relentless energy and tenacity. And that is why they were able to keep it close from end to end. Yeah, and I mean, if you count moral victories, I mean, this is about as high as you could get. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Obviously, it comes down to wins and losses, and they took the loss tonight, so that has to be stated. But, uh, I mean, in terms of having as good of a loss as you could have considering the circumstances, I think this is it. Obviously, they'd have the day off tomorrow heading back again uh, to the Pepsi Center for a matchup against the New Orleans Pelicans on Friday. But, I mean, an all-around solid performance, I would say, um, from this team on this six-game road trip, specifically tonight, um, considering they were down Millsap and Jokic. Absolutely. I mean, when you start looking down the box score, I mean, the Nuggets were just aggressive. 58 points in the paint. That's insane. They had 26 points off of 16 turnovers tonight. They had only eight fast break points somehow and were able to put up 118 points. And when you see the line of Jamal Murray, where he had 28 points, 10 rebounds to go with three steals as well. I mean, these guys were Un, they, they, they wouldn't stop. No, it was incredible to watch them punch back every single time Jamal the Celtics Murray tried to get them back off. That last three point shot yeah. that he went, that he shot to go in, because that would have cut it to a three point game. Did and you see what he said after the game tonight? I did not. He was like, I, I, he was, like, you know, that we were six points short. Like I really wanted to pull this one off for Gary because Gary Harris obviously had just one of the most incredible games he's, or it is the best the game he's game. ever played in his life for in, in a Denver Nuggets uniform. But they wanted this win so badly. Yeah. They put everything into this win all of their energy and it so showed in mason Plumley too who was just an immovable force down low tonight here's an interesting thing and i want to i want to talk about more so about the game real quick but i want to pose this question just off the bat because there was a couple of things that you said that kind of striked me do you think being that Jokic and Millsap have been out for this long is going to help this team in the long run? It's because I think the bench unit is really improving themselves, man. So I that agree. when Jokic obviously it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to try to get the rotations and whatnot fixed once that happens, but I mean a guy that we're going to talk about later on, but Trey Lyles, Gary Harris, you're yeah. seeing the, although Gary's a starter, but you're seeing these guys step up and in a good way. You, you mentioned Mason Plumley, a dude that was getting I, I don't know what he was averaging before Jokic, but I mean uh, Malone talked about it, a guy that was clearly disgruntled with his role in his playing time. I'm ahead of that, but I, I mean I, I 
as this road trip has kind of started to progress, I think it's a good thing for this team, regardless uh, of the outcome, because it's going to be something that helps them build towards the future. You know, when Jokic and Millsap come back, it could ultimately being, be, end up being a better thing for this team. It's a weird dichotomy for the Nuggets, it because is. it's so great to see their bench unit and their young guys playing well. Once you get healthy, and Barton's back, and Jokic mm -hmm. is back, and Millsap is back, you're suddenly going to find yourself with so many questions to answer. And we kind of talked about this in the last podcast, where I have no idea how Michael Malone is going to be able to make these decisions Nobody because does. now all of a sudden it's going to be Wancho Hernan Gomez or Malik Beasley. Who are you really going to play more of? Trey Lyles or Kenneth Freed? Who are you going to play more of? I mean, Richard Jefferson hasn't even sniffed the court in the past few games. I have no idea how they're going to be able to manage all of this talent, all of these players, and be able to find a cohesive lineup considering that their rotation has not been able to be set because of Paul Millsap's injury and Nikola Jokic's injury. There's almost more questions than answers even though you get to see how deep and how talented this roster really is. No, absolutely. It's a justifiable point that you bring up. But I mean, to go off that, this is one that the Nuggets knew they were signing up for. I mean, how long have we been talking about their log jam at forward? Five years for, now? Forever, yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, they kind of shot themselves in the foot in the aspect of you knew this was going to happen if you draft Wancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley in the same draft class in addition to Jamal Murray. I mean, you know that's going to happen. I mean, look at Tyler Lydon right now. This is a guy, I mean, say what you want about Ty Lydon, but you can't even give him an ample opportunity on the call NBA him? Level. Is Ty Lydon a thing that you just dropped or people no, actually no, no, no. call I him Ty I've seen Nuggets Twitter all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. Ty Lydon. Ty Lydon is the worst nickname yeah, no, ever. No, it's horrible. And I like Tyler Lydon, but that is the most it's, awful nickname It's the possible. most Lydon nickname out there. Like, just, that's almost worse than Trevor Sim me and being called Peter Parker by everybody on the God, Broncos. That's ridiculous. Oh, man, that's bad. No, but it is. Why did the Nuggets lose tonight, in your opinion? They were just a superior team. They, they lost to a superior team down their two best players. I I'm going to go a different direction than that. Their bench was as bad as it gets. And this isn't like these are guys sure, who don't I, get rotated. These guys are like Wancho Hernan Gomez. It was supposed to give them good minutes this year. But has he was, Wancho even done anything of substance no, this year? he's been really exactly. bad So why do you come year? to expect that? But you still, I mean, that was what you came into the year needing from the small forward and position he hasn't was given that to you. Exactly. Kenneth Farid, 0 of 6 from the field. Kenneth Farid and Wancho tonight combined were 0 of 10 from the field. Awful. Like, they only had three points together Freed was a beast on the boards and had four assists and two blocks, so he was productive in other ways. But Wancho, you expect more out of. Fareed, you expect more out of. Emmanuel Moutier, you expect more he's out hit, of. He's really cooled off since his hot start of the year. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, he had uh, he only was registered with one turnover. It looked significantly <laughs> worse than that. He yeah. managed to be a negative 20 in a six-point game and only 17 minutes on the floor. And the fact that they're getting no production from their bench, I mean, listen to this. The Nuggets starters tonight scored 102 points. Their bench scored 16. Dude, I'm looking... It's ridiculous. And I know that their bench is just completely ripped out because of the injuries, yeah. but Wancho Hernan Gomez, Kenneth Fareed, Moutier, and hopefully Beasley were all going to be borderline or rotation players this year. This is not a bunch of G-leaguers. That's not what this was. This was a bench unit that failed the Nuggets tonight. Absolutely. And in a game where you get 36 points on 25 shots from Gary Harris, you get 28 points on 17 shots from Jamal Murray, you get 15 points on 9 shots from, Wilson Ch or from Mason Plumley. you have so much production all across the board. So many guys stepped up. Defensively, they were opportunistic when they needed to be. They were getting stops to really help stem the tide and get themselves back into the game. And the second the bench came in, it was just Kills atrocious.
Absolutely, man. I, listen, I don't know what you got to call out. I, listen, Wancho has to be better. And like, I know you point to Malik Wancho and all these guys. Wancho has to be better. Wancho, uh, Wancho's the key to me in all of this thing. He was a guy that, I mean, we all talked about it before the year. This guy was supposed to play 15 minutes a game if they could, if they could find the minutes for him and get points and buckets. I got three separate texts from guys around the Nuggets and a couple guys that cover the Nuggets. Like, why is Wancho suddenly such an awful defender and he just can't move and he's making terrible decisions? That's yeah. the thing. His IQ yeah. isn't there suddenly. And this isn't a dude like yes he's I believe he's 22 at this point yeah, it's not like he's a normal 22 year old he played two years professionally in Spain before playing the, pa the past two years professionally in America this is not like a new thing for him of knowing how to play basketball the uh, like at least a high enough IQ to make the right rotation Absolutely. and Spain is not a team that plays a very like slowed down methodical offense they're quick pace they play pick and roll like when you defend those kinds of offenses in practice you know what you're looking for yeah. so I don't think there's an excuse for him no, I, I mean I listen this is a guy that has been extremely underwhelming ever since they drafted him and I mean you say last year what you want to say about it but uh, like you said TJ this is a, a guy that the Nuggets expected to step up at this point this year and uh, let alone quite frankly they needed him to and he hasn't I mean look you could point to the model and playing with the Spain national team over the summer but uh, bottom line is this guy has to step up you got to put pressure on him now I mean I think it's been enough well, Malone time. did tonight after the game he said he, they need more out of the bench like plain and simple like I mean, but you, it's not the uh, yes it well, is he's the a bench, big part of the but bench you need he needs Wancho to step up yes, specifically I agree with that I do want to shout out Malik Beasley because yes only four players played off the bench tonight but Malik he wasn't unbelievably productive I don't want to argue that that was that that was the case but he was under control yeah he was hitting shots I mean he was getting to the line he was getting straight to the rim he was rebounding and his defense continues to be relentless as well I keep using that term relentless tonight and it feels right for considering how they played but Malik Beasley was the one dude on the bench that I thought played well Fareed did too but when you go 0 of 6 from the field that just hurts so badly because it takes the six offensive rebounds you got and it turns him into almost nothing and that's what really hurts with Fareed he did have four assists tonight and he deserves a shout out for that because that's really good considering that he was more of a black hole earlier in his career when he got mm -hmm. the ball in his hands so seeing him pass out is a very good sign I thought Absolutely. but the bench as a whole was just really 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 bad I mean they only hit five shots and I believe they ended up taking like 24 shots mm -hmm. that is just so bad yeah it, it's been it's been rough, man. And you think once Jokic comes back, Mason will certainly help in that facet. But I mean, can Mason play with those guys off the bench like that? I think he needs to. I mean, and th th this kind of and let's be real here. He started with Bart and Trey Lyles. The or Trey Lyles played a lot of minutes with him, and he started with Bart in the past couple games. So that is three fifths of your bench. No, you exactly. And together. that's what I was going to go to next is the Mason Plumley Trey Lyles kind of one two punch off the bench. And I I personally believe you're going to see Fareed get his minutes slashed again. I agree. I think you're going to see Lyles step up. Like we talked about this in the last podcast. I believe if Michael Malone can justify not playing Kenneth Reed, he will absolutely do it. Well, I mean, look at what Fareed played tonight. He played 16 minutes, and this team was on the back-to-back, -back and they were, and they just didn't need his rebounding. He's not a Fareed guy, man. I, 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 they I don't, don't, they don't get along with each other at all. I don't think it's that they get along. I don't, we don't know enough for yeah, sure. No, for, like, we don't want to speculate too much on that because we're I not mean, inside the room with them. I mean, there is signs that they have issues, and they have had to have conversations and things like that. It's There's, pretty evident. I mean, it, I would it seems agree like that it's, it's, you could definitely walk yourself down that path to figuring out that there is a problem potentially between Farid and Malone, mm -hmm. but there has been nothing that's boiled over. Very true. There hasn't to been Farid's any credit, and there ha and to both of their credit Very because true. Malone has 
Brad's gone out of his way to try and get him minutes. He's tried to get him starts when he has opportunities mm-hmm. to do so. So it does feel like, yes, there may be tension, but they have found a working relationship, at least in this juncture of their tenure together. Absolutely. I mean, and that's a fair statement and whatnot. That's why I'm curious to kind of see how this continues now with Lyle stepping up as he has. Because, I mean, and to be tr- quite frankly, the reason Fareed got as much love and minutes as he did last year is because they just needed him to play. Yes. You know, they haven't had anyone to step up in his place that could be as productive, if not more productive, in recent time. You've seen Trey Lyles do that. So I'm very curious to see how the Nuggets react. While we're talking about different negative things from this game, we might as well hit the elephant in the room, which is Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw after the game, but Michael Malone gave an update to wa- as to why he did not did have not. Nikola Jokic play. Uh, he said, uh, and this isn't the quote verbatim here. It's pretty close. Let me see if I can actually find it. I know Harrison Wynn tweeted it out. But essentially what it was is he didn't feel like, like Nikola Jokic was ready yet, even though the doctor said that, that health-wise he was. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting to me. So here's the full quote. I didn't think he was ready. They might say he was ready before myself and talking with him. It's just, it, um, it's not just is the ankle ready. It's, is his head ready? And I didn't think he was ready to play tonight. So I made that decision. I think that's the right decision to make because quite frankly, I think Jokic would have played tonight. He would have had two points and assist and a rebound. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would have been a bad game. And there was no reason to because Mason Plumlee was playing so exactly. well. Exactly. So, so I, and we talked about this on the podcast. This was kind of the expectation that he was most likely going to sit out all six games, give the rest day tomorrow, come back Friday against New Orleans. Yeah, and I did. I did say that if the earliest he was going to come back was this game, mm-hmm. and the fact that he was cleared to play physically is a very good sign. If this was a playoff game today, yeah. Nikola Jokic would have played Absolutely. and would have started. He Absolutely. is healthy enough for that. So that means you get him the extra couple of days of rest. He gets to get back into his own bed in thing. Denver and get a day of practice in potentially and things like that get a moving again get more treatment back home in Denver where you feel more comfortable and then you're ready to roll against DeMarcus Cousins who you're going to need that yep. ankle to be ready for yeah, so exactly. I, it, it's not that it I mean there's a lot of fans that were just ripping Malone and I think it is absolutely wrong to rip Malone for this because you really want your 22 year old prize Serbian center who has been known to have weight issues who has an ankle issue to come back early and push it when he does not feel mentally ready to do so in a that's game, the right call in a game quite Frankly, which you're probably going to lose if he plays or not. Well, just yeah, re- I mean, just the, regardless the, the of the Boston talent Celtics level. are thirteen exactly. and two. At I home. mean, if this was a cupcake game or a game against like the Portland Trailblazers, who they hate, and it's a rivalry yeah. game, I think you would have seen Jokic out there tonight. I think you would have just I because agree. of the circumstances. But it's an East Coast opponent. This game means absolutely nothing in terms of retrospect, in terms of standings outside of wins and losses. I think it was the right call. And Play you it wanna, safe. And you don't you, want to rush this guy back. Trey Lyles and Mason Plumlee deserve time on the floor exactly. as well. You got to reward those guys for what they have done without Paul Millsap in the lineup, yeah. without Nikola Jokic in the lineup. Exactly. You can't just say, hey hey, Trey, we need you to be the guy for five games. And as soon as Jokic comes back, say, hey, Trey, you're going back to the bench and not getting anything. You know, and it goes into that respect factor and the balance of powers and whatnot with the team. I think Malone's did a really, really solid job at kind of unifying this team, um, despite the circumstances like we've talked about with both Jokic and Millsap being out. But, I mean, there's been... Some good. I, there's been a lot of good that's come out of this bench in terms of who we're seeing as individuals. I think you know we've talked about Trey and Mason. Those two guys have really impressed me. I agree. And Mason really Plumley has gotten a lot of flack as well with this Nuggets I, fan. I base. had no idea why they resigned him on the offseason. I, I truthfully and I'm willing to accept that. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I'm I, I'm seeing it pay off. It still doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's working. Listen, the one thing, like Matt Moore and I both kind of agreed on this when this contract came down. Like, yes, the money is a little bit scary because that's a lot of money for three years, and I get that. Yeah. But if 
Nikola Jokic goes down, it completely throws your offense into flux. When you bring a guy like Mason Plumlee and you give yourself that ability to bridge the gap, and lo and behold, Nikola Jokic rolls his ankle. He's out for six games, or seven games now because he didn't play tonight even though he was available. Mason Plumlee has really filled that role nicely. I remember there was a play tonight where he squeezed a pass into a cutting Gary Harris where there wasn't much room, but because he squeezed the pass in there, two defenders converged onto Gary Harris while he kicked it out to Jamal Murray for a three. Like, those are the plays you don't get unless you have the stylistic play of a Nikola Jokic or a Mason Plumlee or a high post passer as a big man that you can play through in this capacity. And I think that's what allowed Denver's offense to stay afloat because, let's be real, the Boston Celtics are holding teams to like under 100 points per 100 possessions right now and the Nuggets put up 118 on their home floor without their two best players tonight and without Will Barton. And and let's talk, and, and here's the thing, we haven't talked about this man enough. The reason that the Nuggets have been able to be as decent as they have been on this road trip is because of Gary Harris. I literally, I tweeted out because I was, I, I continued saying great things about Gary Harris throughout the game. At one point I tweeted, I was like, I'm out of compliments. Like, this dude is just ridiculous. He's phenomenal, dude. I, not, not a, he's not a sexy player. And that's what pisses me off. Ooh, is not, I'm starting to disagree. No, 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 There's I, a no, swagger, and, baby. And, no, and I am Ooh. too. I am too. But you're not seeing it prominent enough for casual NBA fans to buy into it. And it grinds my gears because even Nuggets fans that live in this city, you know, don't think Gary Gary Harris is anything of substance. <laughs> Watch the games. This guy, I, I'm not going to guarantee it, but I'm very, very confident that in three or four years, you're going to be talking about Gary Harris and Nicole Jokic in the same breath of, in the same breath of air in the same sentence. I don't know if that'll be this the case, but I do think Gary Harris, when it comes to the Nuggets, like those will be the two untouchable players. Mm-hmm. I could think that if the Nuggets end up, like, if Jamal Murray continues to play the inconsistent style that he has throughout these first, uh, this first 28 games or, wh- or whatever it is. In the, and all of a sudden, like a guy like Kemba Walker becomes available. I think that all of a sudden you look at a situation, you're fun. like, is it is Jamal Murray really as untouchable as we think? And this is all speculatory. We don't know for sure. But I do think Gary Harris is more integral to this team I, yeah. than anybody not named Nikola Jokic. I could not agree with that more. And that kind of poses my next question here. And I, we're going to play the hypothetical game a little bit. But who is, if you are the Nuggets and, you ha- and, and there's a deal on the table for a player, are you trading Gary Harris or Jamal Murray? You can only trade one. I actually got asked this today by Kaz Anada on who does he does all kinds of good podcasts and leverage the chat and stuff like that. He's a great follow at Kaz Anada on on Twitter. Um, he's a big Canadian guy. and loves Jamal Murray. And he posed the question to Justin Jett and I. He was like, just Jamal Murray or Gary Harris better right now? And I was like, right now, hands down, it's Gary Harris, oh, in my opinion. Doubt, more consistent. Also, I'm happy you brought this up because Jamal Murray got yeah. wind of a conversation like this. And someone asked Gary Harris or Jamal Murray. He responded to that tweet and said both. It's fantastic. Like that. that's exactly what you want to yeah. see. And, uh, and that's what leads me right into what I wanted to say real quick which is just a freakish stat line the backcourt of Gary Harris and Jamal Murray tonight on the Celtics floor who is the best defense in basketball put up a combined 64 points on 25 of 42 shooting 7 of 16 from 3 to go with 13 rebounds 10 assists and 5 steals fantastic I mean look this is my takeaway from that stat line this is the future. I mean, we've seen, I mean, we, I don't think we've seen a game of that magnitude here recently, but we've seen games like that where the backcourt puts together strong stretches. Not like this, but you're starting to see them a little bit more often. And I was going to tweet it out this morning, but I ran out of time. Jamal Murray's points per game after he scores 20 plus is not very good off the top of my head that I know for a fact. What did he have tonight? 20 something? Yes. He was really, really good. So I, he ended up having with 28 points tonight. He was gunning yeah. at the end, though. He ended up getting like eight points in the last like 30 no, yeah, seconds. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it bridges me. 
this is the thing, is we've seen them start on two opposite ends of the spectrum, and you're seeing them work their way towards the middle. Slowly but surely, but things are starting to become more consistent and more often. For Jamal, you mean? Yeah. I, that's without a doubt true, and I think it's something like eight of his 27 games this year so far have had 20 points or more. Yeah. Like, you're seeing that volume scoring and, appear. And the, and the big thing with Jamal is, though, and the reason I kind of brought up his points per games it, it, after he scores 20-plus is because he tends to have this one fantastic game, and then he falls into the gutters, and he scores, you know, six and gets a rebound and assist. And that's that's being a 20-year-old exactly, starting point guard but, in the NBA. But, I mean, and we've talked about progression, and, you know, is Jamal Murray going to be this superstar? And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you trade Murray for a proven star and whatnot. No. You're seeing the progression, you're seeing the improvement, and you're seeing a guy with a natural killer instinct that wants to be here and playing alongside these guys. And I think it's fantastic that he goes on Twitter and says both to the answer of Gary and Jamal I agree Murray. with that. Band of brothers, baby. They're running to it together. Oh, this team loves each other. Like, there is, a, a, there, this whole team is happy Absolutely. being around each other. That is, I mean, you see all these boy band pictures of them before games and stuff now. Dang. Like, they have fun Squad. together. Like, go follow any of the Nuggets players on Instagram, and if you look at the likes of their posts, the top is like nine different Nuggets yeah. players. Exactly. Like their comment, like they are constantly in communication. And it's not like it's all the young guys and all the old guys. I mean, you got Darrell Arthur hanging arms with, you know, Malik Beasley and Jamal Murray. You well, got I mean, Darrell Kenneth Arthur Reed. and Gary Harris were the two yeah. people who modeled the Nuggets New Jerseys this exactly. year in the offseason. Like, they, the, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous the, the kind of chemistry. Love Darrell Arthur. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darrell really Arthur, do. by the way, I don't think this has actually been released anywhere else. I was talking to Michael Malone because uh, he had that four player committee, remember? Yeah. Mm hmm. Jameer Nelson got traded. So no one ever really got brought this up, but I asked Malone about it, and I was like, who's the other dude? Like, yeah. are, are you going to bring someone else in? He was like, oh, DA's the guy. Like, there's yeah. not even a vote. Like, all the players just immediately assumed, essentially, that DA yeah. was going to be the guy. DA is a, uh, a coach in grooming, per se, right Actually, now. that yeah, it's interesting. I, I've, I've heard rumors that that is something that he very much so is interested in yeah, in the future. Darrell Arthur would be a great fan. It would be a fantastic head coach mm -hmm. in the NBA. Mm -hmm. I will really back that up forever. He resonates with players, but he's also smart enough to understand the business side of it, I think. Yeah. Uh, he's got, uh, and he knows how to sacrifice. What are you talking about with this team? Balance. Yep. You know, kind of knowing your worth and knowing the scope of things. I think Darrell Arthur does a really good job at kind of looking from afar and, and kind of getting acclimated to situations. Regardless if he's playing or not, he's a very smart dude. I want to go back to Jamal Murray for a yeah, second. Let's definitely do that. Uh, the reason why is that we keep talking about, like, is Jamal Murray going to, well, not really keep, but we've mentioned, <laughs> is Jamal Murray a guy that's untouchable with this Nuggets team? I think what makes him untouchable more than anything, even beyond his skill set, it's the mentality. Yeah. And not even on the court. That's not even what I'm talking about. This is a guy that you have to force out of the gym. There's a story where his high school coach took his shoes away from him to force him to not shoot in the gym. So guess what he did? He shot. shot barefoot. And like, this is a guy that refuses, refuses to sit down and not work at his game. Every blizzard that the Nuggets have had last year, he was the, the first guy in the gym. Like, every single second he can be playing basketball, he wants to be playing basketball and getting better. And you see that all of the time. Absolutely. But not only that, it's the fact that he is so strong. He is yeah. so physical. He has mental strength for a 20-year-old is absolutely unmatched. And, and I feel like, you know, a lot of people are quick to kind of compare him to Russell Westbrook in the sense of the it's mindset. It's not the same thing. Exactly. Because when you talk to him, he understands that it's a team game and it's all yes. about the team. He'll he'll get his, he'll score his points and he'll take his shots, but at the end of the day, he really humbles himself in his post-game interviews when we talk to him off uh, when we talk to him, you know, before and after practice. It's all about the team with Jamal while still having the individual you know, the individual I need to get my mindset. He's working on accomplishing that balance, but it, it, you're you see that already, you know? And, and people need to get over the whole he needs to perform well right now. It takes 5 years for a point guard to 
developed. It really does. And hey, that's I a mean, really good point. It hey, takes a gosh, long time. look at Mike Conley, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the easy fallback. You know, but Kemba is. Walker Kem- is the same way. Mike Conley, Kemba Walker, um, Damian Lillard. I mean, Damian there's Lillard so many guys. Scalding, but he got significantly more well-rounded throughout the years Absolutely. that he came in. CJ McCollum, Kyle Lowry. I mean, Steph Curry. I mean, some of the, no, not even some, the biggest names yeah. in the game all take multiple years to develop. A guy that we talked about earlier in the podcast, Lonzo Ball, he will not be good for at least for another three years. Ooh, yeah. Just, well, no, go ahead. I agree. No, no yeah. continue. Oh, I was going to say, pump the brakes. It's a slow and steady process. You're never going to buy your way and win a championship like that in the city of Denver. It's going to be a 10-year process, legitimately, to all get right. there. We are done talking about Lonzo Ball No, no, absolutely. I just wanted to throw up the comparison because yes. ugh, it grinds my gears when everyone's like, perform now or we're trading. It's just rare to find a guy who can score like this and has been able to score like this his entire life and has trained to be a scorer like this that cares so much defensively as well. And is so like that, that jam he had on Reggie Jackson against the Detroit Pistons. That's a, like when you go up against a point guard, you can absolutely just go to your left hand and go over the top and put it off the glass. There's so many other ways. His mentality is I want to kill you. I want to come in. I want you to feel this. And because of that, it changes the way that you look at him in terms of his development, I trust that he will continue to develop, and it's hard to find guys that you can trust in that with that. And to even further expand on that, his backcourt partner and Gary Harris is the exact same way. When you have two guys who can grow together like this, who can build together like this, and continue to add new things to their games and be able to help the Nuggets in different ways every single year, that is something you cannot put a price tag on. Yeah. And I think that is where I have kind of backed off, being like, "Yeah, Jamal Murray could be traded." Like, I could. There's a lot of situations. Where he could be, where I would be open to it. At this juncture, there's very few players that I would be open to trading Jamal Murray for or yeah, Gary Harris. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, like, we talk about overvaluing players and one. I don't think the Nuggets are necessarily doing that. They're not going to get slighted on trade. I mean, you don't blame them. That's Especially why, with their young players. No, exactly. And that's why, I mean, I think you and I see a little differently in terms of the value of draft picks, but that's why I'm so, you know, keep the guys. Keep the guys that you have now because they're cheap and you know what you think they're going to be. If anything, trade away the you know, the question marks, the what ifs. And if you want to go out and get a player that you need, that's the way you go and do it. But I mean, I, I, I wholly agree with you, man. Jamal and Gary are turning into this special tandem that is going to lead this storm. I mean, they're, they're going to lead the charge for this team. And I think one thing that I want to talk about too is, you know, Nikola Jokic is a very competitive person and whatnot, but he's been regarded as soft at times. I don't want to dump, jump into uh, that. Well, that's I, not the right I, term no, for him. Ex- but you know what I'm talking about. He, he might have a soft stomach. Com- he is not a soft His competitive individual. nature, I feel like sometimes is questioned. And that, again, that's another, that's a can of worms for another day. But going off that. Oh, I disagree so much with this. And and again, but I think Gary Harris and Nicole, or Gary Harris and Jamal Murray have that edge to compensate it if that does arise down the line. I I think it's going to be a problem. I mean, Gary Harris, they're okay. This is the weird thing about this Nuggets team. They're quiet. But they're ultra competitive. Nikola Jokic, when yeah. he's on the court, is a different no, person sure. than when we talk to him in the hallway about Call of Duty. <laughs> like it's just it's it's so crazy how different Nikola Jokic is when he's playing compared to when he's not. No, for sure. And even practice, like you see him goofing around at practice, but when he steps onto a court for a game, it's different. Mm-hmm. Like there is no joking around. You don't see him smile. You, he is all in aggression usually. Not even aggression in the way that he just goes into the score. He's dialed into the Yes, and I think that that's different than him being soft. He's goofy. He's eclectic. He's it's the not anti-star. Soft. He's it's not la- soft. It's the lack of the killer instinct that you see. 
Okay, so th- th- this is the other side of he's that. He's not a closer. This is oh god, I hate this argument. And I know, but it's one that's it's worth. This having. is the argument that everyone had about LeBron James, and I'm not comparing LeBron James to Nikola Jokic, but their mentality and how they play basketball mm-hmm. is extremely similar. No, for sure, they start as facilitators, and their scoring builds off of that. Mm-hmm. So when you get into late game situations, even if the shot does not fall, largely Nikola Jokic is putting his teammates in position to be able to win close games, even if he's not taking the shots no, himself. Abso- no, absolutely, and he has. He has taken the shots himself. He, they played the Spurs last year. He put up the last 12 points mm-hmm. of the game, turned an 18-point deficit into six points, and they were all of a sudden in that game. He has single-handedly carried this Nuggets team in the fourth quarter for long stretches and been able to win games for them. No, absolutely, and, I, and, and that's very valid and whatnot, but I'm, what I'm trying to say here is I think, you know, we've talked about his playmaking and what he does. That playmaking is going to allow Jamal Murray and Gary Harris to take that reins, I truly believe. I think when, you know, three, four years down the line, assuming these guys pan out like we think they can, I I think Jamal Murray and Gary Harris both develop the X Factor, and those are the guys with the ball in their hands. I really do. Nicole, oh, see, I disagree. I mean, Nikola Jokic is going to be the catalyst of everything that happens. Yeah, and I mean... Everything. I think it remains to like, be seen And it's going me. to be and more than it is absolutely. right now. Absolutely, and that's why... And it remains to be seen to me, because I'm bought in on Jokic. Don't get me wrong on that. Notion. I know that. I'm not bought on... I'm not bought in in the whole... This is the guy that is going to lead the storm. There's stars, there's superstars, and there is the NBA elite. Yeah. You you see that he could be potentially maybe a superstar, but yeah. not of like the top exactly. five players exactly. in the NBA. And that's why you know it, it's a great debate because how it goes into trying to build a winning team that can contend for championships without having one of the top five. And I think the Nuggets have an ample opportunity to do so just based off potential alone. Let me be very clear about something: Nikola Jokic can score at the rim whenever he wants yes. to. He can score in the mid range whenever he wants to. Yes. He can pull up from three whenever he wants to. Yes. He can make passes on the move or stationary from anywhere on the court and his defensive turnaround this year has been an absolute marvel to witness. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a recipe of a 22-year-old who has transcendent passing ability. Mm-hmm. He could undeniably be a top five player in oh, my head. Without a doubt. And that ha- it takes him being at the very, very top, maxim- you know, maximizing him. You talk about... And again, though, and that's where I... No, no. Because I don't want to bring up this argument again, but it's just like is he willing to go to that length? Is he willing to want it? I don't Does think he it's want I don't it think enough it's a to leave thing. and breathe it. He's learning how to just give maximum effort on every play because he's so young and he's from the middle For of nowhere. Sure. So, so you know, it's on Serbia. Just, I'm so enabled with just how his progression is going to be because yeah, I mean, he like you said he could become a top five star, but I think at times his attitude could sink him if he really if he lets it get the best. He gets of him. frustrated. I will give you that his passion can lead to frustration. Yeah. That is so much better than trying to turn no, docile sure, into sure. a killer. Like Nikola Jokic has killer in him. He just gets frustrated and gets discombobulated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second he figures out how to impose his will consistently. Whenever he needs to, that is going to change. Yeah. Uh, and we, that's what we've, we haven't seen that yet. Yes. And none of us know because as a 22 year old kid trying to figure out who he is yeah. as a human, not even as a leader of an NBA team exactly. trying to get a championship. So this is going to take a long time, and neither of us know at this it's juncture. It's a great debate, though. It's a great conversation. It's such an interesting conversation, but we have not talked about Gary Harris enough. <laughs> like, not even close, man. Gary Harris hit that pull up three off the bounce from the left wing to beat the shot clock, and I about threw my computer off my yeah. off my lap. Like, the things that he was able Nuts. to do tonight blew my mind, and it was off the bounce almost everything. Yeah, 36, 6, and 3. 16 to 25 from the field. Yes, and not I mean, only that, he had nine assists last game. He has six assists six again assists, tonight. Yeah. You're Plus talking 12. you're talking about 15 assists to three turnovers in the past two games. That's phenomenal, man. And he is the embodiment of the process for the Nuggets here in recent times. Yeah. You know, a guy that has been here, we've talked about it since the Brian Shaw days, you know, was 
thrown to the dogs, per se. You know, a guy that was an afterthought to the max in terms of how Shaw viewed him. Malone comes in, calmly believes in him. Malone believes in him. Look at this oh, guy. Oh, I wasn't calmly. He was all in. He, t- he came out and was like, Gary Harris is our starting two guard, no, flat out. No, yeah. And listen, this is a guy that is going to be very, very special. He's quiet. Look, I mean... It just grinds my gears. Nuggets fans need to pay more attention to this guy. I'm it's not just, kidding. Everybody needs to pay more attention everybody, to the Nuggets. No, that's all it I is. I get the updates on Bleacher Report, though. Oh, I mean, I'm seeing up the, on le- it. the league is paying attention. And that's the thing. When, uh, it's just this city, that team, has such a potential to be, you know, like a Portland, a team that's a staple in the NBA that, that a lot of people know about. And it's like you've got these kind of players. Pay attention. They'll get He's there. Gonna, no, exactly. They're going to have to. No, and they will. Because the Broncos are garbage. No, for oh, And all so of the bad. college sports in Colorado are terrible right now. Absolutely. The Avs are young, so the they're nu- going to have to. The Nuggets, the Rockies, and the, well, yeah, the Nuggets and the Rockies have done a pretty solid job of trying to capitalize that, and the Avs are really doing some nice things in yeah. terms of building a young team But as Gary well. Harris, man, like, yeah. where did this game off the dribble come from? Uh, it's progression. Yeah, it, but it, there's it, progression, and then there's like suddenly, all of a sudden, there's an entirely different skill set that he just unveils that maybe. we had no idea. He True. looks like a damn point guard. Like, flat out. I, forced I, to be one. And let, let me preface this. I literally watched through every one of his assists three times last night. So I watched 210 assists last night yeah. from Gary Harris. So I'm a little bit biased in this conversation, but... When you watch film on him as a passer, he's actually a better passer on the move. Mm-hmm. He's a better he's passer. He's really good in transition. It's incredible. And th- when you see that, when you see creativity on the move, you're like, all right, whoa. Like, this dude has enough handles to be able to make passes wherever he needs to really at any point. Yeah, you see the, there's two things, two words, creativity and vision. Yeah. Those are the two things that I see with Gary Harris. When he is taking the ball down the court in transition, he looks so calm. And the other he really looks like he knows he what he's doing. He really does. And the other thing that was incredible to me too is I actually wrote about this like two and a half years ago. And it's funny, actually. I think it was for Denver Nuggets Sidekicks, our old blog from like <laughs> three and a half years ago. But I was talking about how Gary Harris can compare to Bradley Beal. And the reason I said that is because I thought that he could develop with the ball in his hands to such an extreme extent, specifically because he was so good in passing lanes. He understood angles so well, just in a basketball sense, that he would be able to manipulate those same angles with the ball in his hands if he learns to have the handles to do so. Sure. And now you're seeing him in the pick and roll and in dribble handoffs making these perfect pocket passes in the right angle to get to hit guys on the move in the shooter's pocket finding you know when he's running a pick and roll on one wing he's slowly methodically walking up with the roll man at the same level and then sucking in the defense and Mm -hmm. kicking out to the opposite wing to a shooter it's a simple read but he makes it right every single time now this is a guy and i haven't said this beyond just like funny conversations with media members i almost tweeted it tonight I really think Gary Harris could potentially be a guy who can play point guard minutes for this Nuggets team down the line. Not right now. I think he's on his way to being able to be that. That's not just because of assist numbers. He knows how to slow things down. You can go too many in a bucket. He has showed a pull-up mid-range game with a jumper that I know he had. He had two floaters tonight. Like, yeah. He looks like we, Reggie Jackson in the way he scores with the ball in his hand suddenly. Exactly. We always talk about how the NBA is a positionless league. I think Gary Harris embodies that to the max right now in terms of where he's, he's just a guard that does he, everything. He's a guard. And he exactly he's Swiss Army knife and whatnot. I mean and, and the best part about Gary Harris is he's twenty three. Yeah. I mean his best years are ahead of him. And he's gotten stronger. 26, man. 27, 28. He's imagine what those years are going to be like? This is what I keep trying to rack my head about. Which players in the NBA have improved as quickly and as consistently and taken as many leaps as Gary Harris has? 
Like I, I rack my head, my head. like you get Kawhi Oladipo? Leonard, you get Oladipo, but he's been in a very big burst. It hasn't very been true. for a very season true. and very a half. True. Like that's what's crazy. Like Russell Westbrook had a, a coming up like that, but outside, I don't know very many players in the NBA who have gone from a guy who shot like 35% from the field and 20% from three, which was an anomaly, but immediately became an elite shooter off ball off the catch then became an immediate elite off ball cutter and then suddenly got back to his defensive tenacity and then suddenly out of the game with the ball in his hands suddenly is now playmaking suddenly is now pulling up off the bounce and hitting mid-range jumpers like that kind of progression does not happen this quickly in the NBA is, especially being 23 years is old is that more so of a product of Gary himself or the nugget system do you think i think it's definitely a mix of both and no, i think no, it's no, the no, fact no, that Gary you, Harris is one of the most coachable Oh, God, it's so impossible to say. Even with me having this perspective of watching the team and being around them, I would say it's probably 70-30 Gary Harris. That's exactly where I was going to go. 70-30 dead on. The reason that the Nuggets training staff gets 30% is because Gary Harris is just so coachable and is so willing to get better that he works. Before games, him and Jordy Fernandez always work on the corner threes. Always. And not and only Gary's that, always into it. He'll finish his shooting drills, and he'll go over and do calisthenics. He'll and go then he'll over do and film. do plyo. Then he'll do film. Then he'll stretch more. Then he'll come out for pregame and stretch more. Like his preparation that at least we get to visibly see when we're there on the court and stuff, watching warmups. It's incredible how much effort he's always putting. It's the same time every game, every yeah. single time yeah. he comes out. And consistency, yes. consistency, consistency. And he's willing mm-hmm. to be coached. He needs to be the model for this team. And it's turning, and it's starting to bleed into the rest of the team. Absolutely. Like that, I've been peppering Malone throughout the year about Gary Harris becoming a leader. And I always thought that the Nuggets were going to need Gary Harris to kind of be that role model, that example. Like Wes Matthews on every team. Or you know what? Better example. Sean Marion. I know it's a very obscure reference, but Sean Marion, everywhere he went, found a way to win because he was just this glue guy that worked so hard. Richard Jefferson has that in him. Like those kind of workers, those kind of, I don't know, they're just basketball lifers. They're gym rats to the fullest of the the extreme in that regard. And Gary Harris is along those sides of people. I, I listen. The future is very bright for this young man, and he is going to be a guy that is going to be an integral part of wherever this team goes. He's a pillar. He's one of the, the three pillars that you see on this team right now. Mills, I'm not really. I don't consider Murray that at all yet. I, I don't either. Really, he needs to a lot more. of people are so they quick need to him dump to him. be, but exactly. he hasn't not, gotten to that point. You've yet. got three pillars on this team: Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, and Gary Harris. I truly, I, I truthfully believe Gary Harris is as important as those three. Yeah, I think he's. I would put him number two in terms of importance on this Nuggets yeah. team. And like, I think that you could remove Paul Millsap and, st- and keep at the roster as is, and they could be offensively competent enough. And the way they're playing defense right now, they could get by. They would be significantly worse. I will not argue that oh, fact. Yeah, yeah. Losing Gary Harris, you could miss the playoffs. Like losing Gary Harris, you lose your best floor spacer, your best three point shooter, the, your cool. safety net, your best relationship with Nikola Jokic in terms of on court production. Like you just can't lose it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think you hit it perfectly on the head. He is the glue man that so, kind of holds this team together. Gary Harris is 36 points tonight were a career high. His previous career high was only 28, which is what happens to be what Jamal Murray scored tonight. And they combined for 64 points. Jamal Murray has 10 rebounds tonight. He was gutting things out. The Nuggets have 48 rebounds, but 
they lose. Kyrie Irving puts up <laughs> 33 points on 19 shots, which is just freakish efficiency. And then Jalen Brown, man, he took it at whoever was in front of him. Jalen Brown really impressed me tonight. 26 points on 12 shots. He was three of four from three point land. Defensively, he was just a monster. And even like the, the play Gary Harris had that reverse layup. Mm-hmm, yeah. On the corner, the second that play was like a second and a half in, right around that juncture, I was like, oh God, Gary Harris is literally being eaten alive by Jalen Brown right now. Like there is no room to breathe any longer for Gary Harris. And he just spun baseline and Jalen Brown was just not there anymore. Like it was incredible for me, but yeah. you saw the defensive ability of what makes of what really makes Jalen Brown such an enticing prospect tonight. I really like what I saw from him. Man. And then <sighs> Shane Larkin, six of six. That team is gonna be so good in like two years. Dude, if they're they, gonna be nuts. When they get Gordon Hayward back, it's not even fair. Oh, he's like the best player on the you team. You forget that he's out. And Al Horford didn't play tonight. Ridiculous. Like, this team is freakishly Dude, good. I cannot wait for Golden State Boston. That's going to be... Are you I picking... Wait, 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 wait. Are you picking the Boston Celtics to come out of the Eastern Conference? Not... Okay, no, no. No, you're picking like a game? Okay, yes. Not this year. No, no, I'm, no. Like, I'm saying, like, two years from now, that's the finals matchup every year. Every, I mean, they will replace the Cavs I'm taking, or whatever team LeBron has. I'm taking Boston this year. I don't even care. You really think? You think they're going to make it all the way? Does I Gordon do. Hayward play this year? I'm starting to think so. You know, he's, he's out of his walking boot yeah, today. Yeah, I saw that. So if he even remotely gets to a point where he could play by the time the playoffs come around, like, I don't know why you wouldn't. The Eastern Conference Finals are going to be fantastic. And the, and the Cavs, like, they've been tearing off some wins. They're still vulnerable. That's Oh, no, they are. But, like, what I'm super excited to see, I mean, you know this just as well as I do, is when LeBron wants to go off, he will go off, and he will find a way to do it. And he, ri- he rises to the occasion in the playoffs, which I think regardless of how this Cleveland team ends this year, it's going to be a well-fought, hard-fought series. Seven games, probably. Yeah, For I sure. agree. It's gonna be. A, I just, I just can't wait yeah, to keep fantastic. watching basketball this year. It has been so much fun from start to finish. Um, Nuggets right now. Portland ends up winning again after the Nuggets lose. So I believe the Nuggets end up are tied for fifth now with the Portland Trailblazers. Let me see. It's loading right now, and I suck, and I didn't have this up before. I started talking about it. Uh, Portland is 14 and 13 now. Denver is 15 and 13. So they are a half game ahead of the Portland Trailblazers. They are the fifth seed right now. Minnesota takes a full game lead. They win tonight, but the Nuggets are now currently hanging out at 15 and 13. They now come back home where they are 10 and 2 to take on the the New Orleans Pelicans. My brain is turning to mush. You know that? Oh, it's mush. Oh God, it's so much mush. Keep your eyes locked on milehighsports.com for the Nuggets page. I will have a piece up on Gary Harris's random progression from tonight and plays that he would not have made (laughs) last year because he just made so many plays that I did not even know he could make. Um, I know Anil Pira will be doing some cool stuff (laughs) soon, but that poor guy is going through finals Uh, and covering multiple sports teams during winter meetings for the Rockies and this. I'm waving the white flag, man. I'm so done with this week. I was done with last week. It was funny watching you yesterday when we did this podcast because Uh, at at one point I looked down and I was like, should I just end this? Because Anil looks like he literally might not know what I'm saying currently. <laughs> yeah, man. Going to school full-time, working full-time in the industry, covering two teams is certainly a grind, but one that I love, TJ McBride. I mean, you're grinding just as hard as I am. That's what we do. We this grind. is exactly what we do right here at Mile High Sports. Between TJ and I, like I've said, I mean, our staff is fantastic. We have a good time. I, it really is. Brandon Vogue, Dev Johnson, Matt Smith. Jeff, I mean, Jeff brought me, Jeff like brought me into this industry when I was 16 yeah. years old. Like, I, like, the fact that I get to work with you and Jeff, I mean, you and I started the Sidekicks blog together. That's how we got into the industry, now. by accident. So, exactly. It, very much so by accident. It's fantastic to be here right now, but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it's fantastic. That's, that's what, what I have we to say, do. And we got to say thank you to all the listeners that have yeah. listened for us early. We haven't even gotten that freaking podcast on iTunes yet because iTunes is so finicky, but people are. are still listening and responding. It's really cool. We really appreciate everybody who's taking the time to support this podcast. If you want to support it further and get some advertising through the podcast, email me at tmcbride3793 for any advertising opportunities with the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. What's your email, Anilo? So we can get you all of you. shoot me an email at anilovpiro at gmail.com, A N I E. L-L-O, and then P-I-R-O for the last name. You guys can shoot me an email there. Or if you guys like Twitter for whatever reason, shoot me up a D. <laughs> I, I, you'd, you'd be surprised at how many business inquiries I get in Twitter DMs. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so. Twitter DMs are always at weird. At Apiro Sports on the Twitter sphere, Mr. McBride, where can they find you? At TJ McBride NBA. Don't you do a radio show that there's no name for? Yeah, no, Ronnie and I are actually considering just naming it the radio show with no name. The no name? Yeah, the no name. The no name show. I, we met, we're thinking and about just running with and Ronnie K have a Monday night show from 8 to 10 yeah 8 to 10 p.m. right here on My Life Sports Radio I mean, no name show exactly I mean like look we talked about it today before the pod started like Twitter was blowing up you know talking about how there's Broncos everything and there's nothing else like I mean between this podcast your show my show I mean we are spreading the love in terms of all these teams I mean we talk Rockies we talk Nugs Avs and Broncos I mean between myself covering the Nuggets and the Rockies full time I mean I'm at basically every single game. If you guys want the real scoop, the real knowledge, and the real inside kind of knowings of your favorite teams, whether that be the Nuggets or the Rockies, I mean, Mile High Sports is the place to go, without a doubt. Yep, that's what we do. We're going to bring this coverage up to a whole other place that it's never been before. There is so many good things in the so many, coming so up for Denver, the, the Nuggets coverage that we are going to be doing for Mile High Sports. But I believe that is all I got. Action-packed pod, man. It's a good time. Really, really good. I mean, we got. I know, I know we got some. I don't want to spill too many of the beans right now, but we got some cool podcasts kind of in the works. Got if you guests. like young Nuggets players as well, get ready for the next podcast. If you also like really weird and usually quite <laughs> vocally angry and insane guests, there are going to be guests coming up on yeah, this podcast yeah, yeah. We as got well. A lot. And like, this is the thing: is basketball season is really starting to hit its full stride now. Oh, I know yeah. the whole notion is basketball doesn't start till after Christmas, whatever. Oh, we're there. No, man. exactly. But with the NFL kind of being uh, as bad as it is this year in terms of the broad. The NBA, the NBA has done a phenomenal job at you know kicking it up a notch, and you know as the NFL season starts to dwindle down a little bit, the focus will shift more and more towards basketball, more so specifically here in Denver towards the Nuggets. So Mile High Sports is the place to be. Mr. McBride, where can they? I already said it, but again, Twitter at TJ McBride NBA at Apiro Sports. One last thing, Lonzo Ball, you are the worst. Yeah, you, Burn you that suck, damn dude. hoodie. You no one deserves to wear that hoodie. Is where is bitch. the Nas diss track? <laughs> <laughs> Just say adios so we can go home. There it is. Adios, everyone. My chocolate attack Shit, I'm stepping in harder this year Yeah, 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 ripping in harder this year Watch me at the